season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pew break you. Balances Day is just around the corner, and our sponsor at Manscaped are here with you for the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This Valentine's Day, it's time to join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with me? I think this one holiday that men and women can get behind. Get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Happy New Year to you and your balls. We also would like to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Not everyone is someone they can lean on and talk to. That's where BetterHelp comes in. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. If you've ever searched for a counselor in your area, you know it can take even weeks or months to get a phone call back. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating as little as 48 hours. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. And thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Last sponsor of the episode is CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world class customer service. First time users, use the code DOINK, D O I K DOINK, for 100% welcome bonus of $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK. And CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at CoolBet Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CoolBet Canada. CoolBet. Stay cool and bet responsibly. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. We've got a very cool episode coming for you today to kick things off. We are starting with sports radio personality, J.D. Bunkus for Sportsnet. J.D., how are we doing? I'm doing great. And also, you rocking the Cool Bet hoodie. Also, Cool Bet ambassador, J.D. Bunkus. That's yes, right. Yes, yes. User of Cool Bet. All right. <laughs> I was going to throw cool that in bet. there. We got some gambling questions your way. I was going to toss that in. So, didn't forget, but appreciate it. Yeah, the hoodie. Swag Absolutely. is nice, you know? It looks Swag good, right? Swag is nice. I actually yeah. love that you and sports lettering have very, very different hats. Uh, <laughs> it's like, he's got the I rock this Blue Jays hat. All the way through the thick and the thin. This is like the chores. Yours looks like it's brand new, right out of the box. Toronto Raptors hat. Both love. Both <laughs> I've actually, love. Both have similar in terms of me and my and and my fits. So I believe this one I've only worn about ten times. And Eric, it looks like you played baseball in that hat. Yeah, this summer. Eric, that, that, <laughs> maybe maybe there's been ten days I haven't worn this hat. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, JD, when we get going here, we're gonna start with some uh, Toronto questions, Ray. We want to get that. I know Super Bowl is coming this weekend, but mm. man, we got to get ready. Like in, ten, in eight days from now, we only got Toronto sports left, so we got to start. Uh, I got to start preparing myself for that. Um, mm. I want to start with the Raptors question because this one's been. I'm kind of thinking about it the last couple of days. Raptors are kind of hot right now. 
Um, and Scotty Barnes has intrigued me lately because I'm curious to see your opinion on what do you think his ceiling is? How good do you think Scotty Barnes can be in the future? Like, is he, has he got top 10 player potential? Is he just going to be a piece like maybe OG, OG Ananobi is right now? What do you think the ceiling is for that kid? So he's a really tough ceiling player to define because there's just so much there already. Plus, you just look at the growth from this past college season to where he's at in the NBA, and it's astounding. This guy was a bench player. And yeah, okay, he wasn't one, he wasn't the sixth man technically of that team. He wasn't the sixth best player. It wasn't that much of a shock. I think most draft prognosticators had him falling to five at the latest, maybe six. But if you look at the skill set of what he has done so far this year in terms of the comfort with his three-point shooting, the aggressiveness in which he plays on offense, the confidence in which he carries. I think some guys have all the tools and they can't really put it together because they just don't have that, that it switch, you know, that, that ability to believe that they're going to be the baddest man on the team. Scotty Barnes plays on a Raptors team that has Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananobi. And there are times where he just looks those dudes off and barrels his way to the basket and doesn't give, can you swear, any bleeps? <laughs> Do I yeah, swear? Yeah, no, you can swear. Let it, let it fly. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, just because he doesn't give a shit. Like, he doesn't give a shit. He looks like he's a veteran out there. So you take his age, his athleticism, the fact that he clearly has touch around the basket with his shooting, right? Like, this isn't some guy who's fluking his way into those nights where he scores over 15 points. The defensive upside and the the right culture around him where he's going to have a front office that's going to know how to build around him and a head coach that's going to know how to get the best out of him. I, I don't know. I always feel uncomfortable saying like top 10 player stuff just because you think about who the 10 best players are in the NBA and you go, okay, well, you know, that's a that's an elite, elite, elite group. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he gets there. And I think that's as high of a compliment as you can pay the guy. I agree. And this year, the Eastern Conference is just so wide open. I think it's less than five games apart between yep. first all the way down to eighth. Yep. Do you think it would be a rush if the Raptors made a trade to kind of push for this season? Because I think going into the year, I don't know if the expectations were to compete for the Eastern Conference, but hey, like it's wide open. No, I, I'm with you, man. I, I've been pushing this for about two weeks now. And, and I actually, I'll tell you this. This is, I've been someone who earlier in the year, don't tell anyone, was sneaky okay with losses, let's just say. I was thinking, hey, you know, not your year. Siakam's hurt. They don't really have a bench. They not, They already got rid of Dragic the weekend of the season. So if you end up in the lottery and maybe you get lucky again, awesome. It's not a particularly strong draft. I do believe that first-round picks mean more to the Raptors than other organizations because they can't sign free agents and they also have Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster who have a good history of drafting. Like look at the OG Ananobi pick, the Siakam pick, Fred being undrafted, Barnes being a consensus not in the top four guy, Suggs being the, the dude ahead of them, and they still end up drafting the right guy in, in Barnes, right? So yes, do first-round picks matter? Absolutely they do. But if I'm the Raps, I'm 100% offering a first-round pick this year, and I'm even offering a first-round pick in the future if it's the right player like a Miles Turner type. The Raps, the East is wide open. They're not only those like five games back or whatever of first place. Who do you think right now they can't beat in the East, right? Like, obviously they can beat the Bulls. Obviously they can beat the Heat. They're right with those teams. We just saw it. The Atlanta Hawks were in the finals last year. The Raps are better than them. They just played them 
with Trey Young healthy, Siakam's the best player when those two teams play. Where is Siakam right now in terms of this version of him in the landscape of the Eastern Conference's best players? He's certainly in the top five. Like, you can't put five guys playing better than Pascal Siakam is right now. Brooklyn's a fucking tire fire. They have uh, James Harden rumors. They have Kyrie Irving going up to podium saying he's not sure if this guy's invested. And then you got to worry about Kevin Durant coming back from an injury. The guy who last time he came back too soon from an injury crumpled in front of Toronto fans and gave us our bad reputation of people who boo for injuries like Joel Embiid. Okay. Guy that the Raptors can't stop. What else around Joel Embiid scares you? Nothing. So the idea that the Raptors could go on a run is really not that outside of the realm of possibility. I don't think that they're title contenders right now. I think they're in the group that's right below it. But yeah, they find a way to make an aggressive deal, like bringing a Miles Turner for a couple future first round picks and the Dragic deal, like they could get something like that done. I don't really know what they are. And so it's not even just about this year either. It's also about next season and being able to do business ahead of time. And I would look at it the same way as Blue Jays fans looked at the Barrios deal, where if you can get the right piece for the right amount of prospects slash pick capital and buy yourself a potential run, and who knows, but then also have some work done ahead of next season. That's the model I'm looking at here is the the Raptors need their own Barrios deal. Yeah, I would, me and Eric were talking before uh, before you jumped on. We were saying, I think, two first-round picks from Al Turner. We would both do it. We don't 100%. think that gets it done, though. I, I think I they probably got to sweeten the deal a little bit. Like, you probably yeah. got to throw maybe another couple of future seconds, something like that. But yeah. add him into this lineup. They're, they're, they're desperately looking for kind of the big man to kind of shoulder the load down low. And I, I think that Miles Turner would be the guy. And I think that's definitely yeah. a name to watch out for. All right, J.D., we got to get the football here. I see that little Russell Wilson picture in the background i know you're a little seattle seahawks fan and god he would look good in an eagles jersey potentially this offseason um what uh what direction do you want the seattle seahawks to go this offseason looks like pete carroll's sticking around do you, do you want them to move on from us wilson and kind of start the rebuild or are you looking for another year with wilson and carroll at the helm so i wish that pete wasn't coming back i just yeah. it's just i'm so over pete i'm so over the gum chewing and the rah-rah and i'll be honest like I loved Pete when he first came to Seattle. And I think that his tenure expired like year two, <laughs> you know, after the Super Bowl. I just, I'm not a Pete Carroll guy. Um, I don't know what Russ's future holds. I think this whole idea that everyone has of quarterbacks all going into their forties now is a little over the top, especially with a guy who I think took a bit of a step back athletically this year in Russ didn't have the same juice in the legs, the same ability to escape the pocket. He looks like someone who's taken a, a couple too many Aaron Donald hits. That being said, um, I saw Daniel Jeremiah had a tweet one day, which was, would you trade Russell Wilson for the three first round picks the Eagles have in this year's draft? And I was like, no, what, why do I want those three picks for? Why would I want three first round picks that aren't all, you know, at the very top of a draft? Go look at historically year over year over year. You're kind of hoping to hit maybe two of those three and get starters. And what, you're going to get a DB and a linebacker or a DB and a guard, and that's worth Russell Wilson? If I'm an Eagles fan, I'd be desperate to try to be making a trade like that because, again, if we're talking about things that are wide open, I don't view the NFC as that daunting. And I think that all of a sudden you could end up with a Russell Wilson and you're making a, a, a pretty scary run, especially in a division that includes you know a bunch of pretty fraudulent teams that aren't very strong. So I would get it from an ego standpoint. I just think it's really hard as a football fan ever to trade a franchise quarterback, even one with Rust, who I totally acknowledge has likely taken a step back in his career, is older, is going to pivot. But if I'm a Seahawks fan and they decide to move him, 
I need to get a really certain high draft pick in a year that I like, or a team that's a disasters pick in the future, something along those lines. Like the idea of moving him for draft picks that could be in the 10 laters or the twenties is terrifying to me. So I just hope that it's in a place where there's at least an opportunity for him to come back. And it isn't a deal where they have to move him because he needs it. I also wonder too quickly if a little part of him saw what happened this year with the AFC playoffs and goes, careful what you wish for, man. It might be tough in the NFC West. The division might be tough with the Niners and the Rams, but overall the conference is clearly going to be much easier over the next half decade. Yeah, you can make the argument that Wilson yeah. will be the best quarterback in that conference if Rodgers moves on. Like exactly. He is, right? So, exactly, yeah. right? So I just – I don't know – where you really want to run to in the AFC potentially where you feel like, oh man, what a better fit, what a better opportunity this is. If it's an NFC team, if say Russ got, if the Buccaneers decided we're going to move a big trade in to get Russell Wilson and give up a bunch of future first round picks and have you basically be the Brady replacement. If I'm Russ, I go, oh, I'm interested in something like that. But people keep bringing up the Broncos always. They're like the Broncos, the Broncos, the Broncos. I'm like, you want to go to a division with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, a conference that has Joe Burrow, a conference, you know, that's just absolutely stacked with teams and quarterbacks right now. This is the whole Aaron Rodgers myth. It's like, Aaron, shut the fuck up and go play for the Packers, man. They've given you everything that you could have possibly asked for. And you're the guy who this year misses the open receivers underneath, right? You're the guy who scored no points against the Niners after the opening drive of a game. Quarterback should be desperate to try to escape to the NFC at this moment. So mm -hmm. the idea that these guys want to leave and go to a different place is I don't understand it whatsoever. Like, I, I really don't get it. As a Bears fan, I'm hoping and praying that Rodgers decides to go to the AFC, but I agree. It would kind of be nuts. If he goes to the AFC, I think the top five quarterbacks in the NFL would all be in the AFC. Right. Why? It's crazy to think about. But let's uh, let's talk about the big game on Sunday. Is there is there one specific storyline that's kind of sticking out to you that you're going to be watching really closely? So I think to me, it's the anointment of Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. And I know that's pretty basic, but it's not really a Super Bowl that's got a ton of compelling storylines. I think we've all agreed that the Bengals offensive line play is going to be a major concern here against Vaughn Miller and against Aaron Donald. Um, I'm not really sure how they're going to hold up seeing as the Titans just, you know, wrecked the game. And I think it's pretty similar in terms of an interior pass rusher like Jeffrey Simmons. You swap him out for Aaron Donald. I have a tough time seeing a scenario where it's not, you know, interior pressure on Burrow, have to get the ball out, running game that maybe doesn't work. But if Burrow can somehow pull this off, if he can hang tough, take hits, keep them around in this game, I think... I got to imagine if you're a Rams fan, you got to feel pretty sweaty if it gets into the fourth quarter and Joe Burrow's there within one score, because I think he is that dude. That being said, I also wonder if we just can't help ourselves with young quarterbacks. We get so excited. We did this last year. Mahomes is going to win more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. Tom Brady wins it, and we go, Tom Brady has seven fucking Super Bowls. He's been to 10. Yeah. Are you out of your mind? No one's ever passing that. Mahomes. Mm -hmm is going to be lucky, lucky if he gets three or four. Oh, my God, three or four would be amazing for Patrick Mahomes. You would take that in a heartbeat if you're a Chiefs fan. And I've sort of noticed the same thing with Burrow this year that's a bit of a red flag for me where it's the whole, is he the next one? Is he the top guy in the AFC? Is Burrow, Joe Cool, is he the dude? And, and I could see a little bit of last year's Super Bowl where the NFC team just has the far better defense 
They break down the offensive line and the young quarterback looks completely out of his depth against a vet who is geared up to be in a game like this. And so I'm interested the most in Burrow. I think it could go either way, but I'm also feeling like, didn't we just do this Super Bowl? Didn't we just have the whole, this quarterback is the next great one. And then we ended up at halftime going, I hope Dr. Dre is good. <laughs> this game's over. So I, I agree with your first statement that this Super Bowl kind of lacks cool storylines. I do think Joe Burrow is the biggest storyline in this one. He's kind of sure. got, got that swagger. Like me and Eric talk, we both kind of got man crushers on the guy. Like he's just the coolest dude ever. He's got like the cool swag jacket, comes in yeah. like the quote and Drake after on the Instagram post. Like just he's the man and everyone's kind of yeah. falling in love with the guy. I do think there's one kind of really intriguing big picture storyline from the LA Rams side of things here that I do want to ask you about. This team has gone all in. Like they're the definition of all in. They don't got a first round draft pick. I believe till 2025, the next three years, they don't have first round picks. Yep. What do you what do you make of the way that they have built their team? Do you like this kind of let's play video game Madden style GM mode here? Or do you think they might have gone overboard? No, I love it. Honest to God. There's I I don't I don't like the Rams. Um I don't I don't particularly like McVeigh. Uh, I don't like the fact that they don't really have fans. Yeah. It's hard. I, I always root for the fan base that cares. And you think that there's a lot of Rams fans out there that are going to be, you know, completely heartbroken if they don't win the Super Bowl. No, most of the people that are going to be there with Rams gear are going to be fancy, rich Hollywood types who wanted to take cool Instagram pictures. So I'm all the way riding with the Bengals here, but from a, where you should, where we should care about sports standpoint, then the Rams model is the one for me. Again, yeah. I, I referenced the Blue Jays earlier, but I'm the same way where, okay, sick. You have an amazing farm system. You know what I think a farm system is for? Trading them away if your team is good. You know, yeah. if you suck forever, keep them and roll them and do the whole cheapo thing. But I want to see teams be aggressive. I, I love it when teams believe in themselves, understand that flags fly forever and don't try to do this myth of well sustainability and winning forever the patriots are a fluke you know the patriots thing is a total anomaly in sports even look at teams that have tons of money like the new york yankees where's all the where's all the banners where's all the yankees championship look at the dodgers where's all the dodgers championships like it's hard to win in sports man and if you have a chance to do it then who gives a shit about where you're going to pick in the draft next year People just love the draft. They love the idea of hope and prospects and what could be's, right? It gets back to the Burrow thing. Is Why is Burrow the most compelling? Yes, he's cool, but he also represents what could be, right? The next great thing. The next thing that you could be watching. The rise of something. So I, I just love it when teams are aggressive. And if the Rams win, the, the positive spin for the rest of the NFL, which is not having a compelling Super Bowl, not having a super compelling team win the thing. We'll be happy for Aaron Donald and Stafford, I guess, but and Cooper Cup, but who else really on that roster? Von Miller already won. Um, we'll hope that teams use that model of, hey, if a quarterback becomes available and you're a quarterback away, trade first-round picks for that quarterback. Like, again, you're an Eagles fan or you're a Broncos fan or you're a team that thinks that they can win next year with somebody. Are you really going to hold back because first round picks like I can't believe that there's Eagles fans out there that wouldn't trade three first round picks in this year's draft for Russell Wilson like that's nuts to me that's like truly I'm almost there JD I don't know if I'm there yet I kind of 
You're insane. You'd watch, I know, you'd I, watch I, Russell Wilson one game throw one of his moon ball deep passes, and you'd go, oh, my God, we could have had a defensive back who's a rookie that took three years to get good. Like, it's a no-brainer. You well, got the, the, the thing is, is the Eagles just don't have a great roster right no. now. They're getting older, so I do think they need to fuse the team. But they have a really good offensive talent. line. They do. That, that's the one. That's the big reason why I do think maybe going to get a Wilson or maybe Deshaun Watson, if that all figures itself out, that because Eagles offensive line is not getting any younger right now. They've yeah. got the kind of pieces set. So I do agree with you there. I do think that that is a big part of it. But I, I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know. I just think if you're an Eagles fan, I would go, all right, all of a sudden, Dallas Goddard goes up in stock right mm -hmm. you know you you ended up drafting receivers in the first round back-to-back -back drafts or i think what were they both first rounders or yeah no, jalen rager and devonta smith yeah back to back yeah, the rager rager, pick was great great pick that was eh? yeah i know well i was gonna say rager i couldn't remember if he was a second round pick and he's been a bust right he's been terrible oh, definition of a bust yeah awful right like even like almost as bad as what who'd you guys take instead of jj or thega white side baby yeah no but all of a sudden those two guys look better all of a sudden a miles sanders looks better out of the backfield with a guy like russell wilson the team dynamic just changes all of a sudden you have the best quarterback in your division by like a pretty wide margin and you've seen this like you win your division and you get in the playoffs who knows like it's yeah. just like i don't know I, I i would be willing to do that and then you spend money right you spend some money on your defense you spend a little bit of money in the secondary you end up in the trade deadline and who knows then you're there and you might be doing even more aggressive things like trading other first round picks or other prospects to build around a group like that so i just think like when you have a chance to win in these leagues you take them and that fans are often far too concerned about what the future could be and then guess what you end up being like me a leafs fan who his entire life has been watching them never get i i haven't seen the leafs get out of the first round since i was in high school yeah. you know i'm in, I'm in my like early oh, was that oh four right carolina was that this year carolina won the cup i was yeah, eight years old to, yeah. exactly and it's just like I, I don't know i don't really get the whole you don't want to just overpay first round picks and get nothing. I'm not saying go back to the old NBA where they had to make rules, the Stippian rule where like you couldn't give up back to back first round picks because owners used to trade them like for bums. Yeah. But there has to be a little bit more urgency, I think, from fans. And you really let cheap owners get away with it when you say that you care about first round picks more than you care about winning. So, yes, in some ways, go Rams from that standpoint of really all of a sudden having pressure on front offices across all sports to say, hey, if you've got talent, try to win with that talent. What are you waiting for? I, I think it's great for the league, too. I think it's great for sports when teams are aggressive, trade their trade their assets, draft picks, younger totally. players and whatnot to go get guys that are established now. It's just better for the league, more exciting for the fan base. And in general, I just I, I think it's a better way than sitting on your assets and hoping they pan out just go get established guys so i 100 agree with you i already forget the name of that prospect that the jays traded for uh like yeah. i i like oh we lost yeah What's we lost there i was gonna say he was frozen so Eric, i didn't think we lost him <laughs> he's gods yeah i don't know man i just uh, like i i i don't think anybody's gonna care about what barrios was traded for if barrios is pitching yeah. the first or second game of a playoff series i, I just really don't 100 agree with you all right a couple more questions before we go jd um do you have a uh, do you have a bet in mind yet? I know it's Monday. Do you have a prop bet? Let's say a totals bet. Anything that's kind of caught your eye, of course, on coolbet.com. Well, I just I hate this because I want to bet on the Bengals because my heart is Bengals. It's all yeah. the way Bengals. But I'm going to make this case throughout the entire week. Look how the Bengals got here. 
They got here with a close win against a crappy Raiders team that we all agree was just nothing special. Barely beat them. They needed three Ryan Tannehill interceptions and a fourth down turnover on downs. That was one of the, some of the worst play calling I've ever seen in order to not yeah. get it. Yeah. And a last second 50 plus yard field goal to barely beat the Titans. Then they get Mahomes who has one of the greatest choke jobs I've ever seen by a quarterback since I've been watching football in order to beat them also by a walk-off field goal versus the Rams who absolutely buried the Cardinals. And I don't think the Cardinals were anything special, but that's what you use to identify who are good teams is who wins in blowouts against bad teams. Buried the Cardinals. The Cardinals never even had a sniff. They ever had a moment. They needed three weird fumbles for the Buccaneers to get back in the football game. But that was a blowout. The right result was there. Like we can mysticize Brady and say all the things about, that had nothing to do with Brady. That had to do with the Rams having a, essentially rookie running back come back from an yeah. injury really quick and then putting the ball on the turf a couple times and then Cooper Cup of all people putting the ball on the ground one of the times absolute fluke really that was a blowout win so they blew out the Super Bowl defending champions then you get into a game against the Niners and it's your boogeyman who you have not been able to beat six times in a row the coach that is in your brain and not only do you win but you come back and you hold them to 50 yards rushing so you stop them from doing the things you want to do. Now you're facing a rookie quarterback, essentially, a guy who has not been in the playoffs before this year, a team full of guys who are thrilled to just be in the Super Bowl, and a head coach that comes from your head coach's tree. Like, he burnt this guy. I just don't see how this isn't a blowout. I honest to God so don't. You're taking I, Rams blowout. I think the Rams are going to absolutely okay. level them. I think I, that this is going to be like a multi-score win for the Rams. And maybe, like I said, I think it's going to be – oh my God, you're hoping that it's not a blowout at halftime so that everyone's not just like getting drunk in the kitchen and, and <laughs> eating the chicken fingers and do it. Like you gotta hope for all the, all like the cold turnover. Buffalo chicken dip, you know, that's, that's exactly cool like, yeah. exactly. I just, I, I just don't see what the formula is for the Bengals to win other than bad turnovers by Stafford. And whenever you're going down that route, it's not the best. I, uh, I started, so like early last week, I was thinking I would go Bengals just because like my heart was there. And then the more I've been kind of thinking about it, kind of same kind of same process as you, more I've been thinking about it. I don't really see a pathway for the Bengals to win except for Matthew Stafford completely blowing it up, right? Yeah. Like, and, and he he kind of started, he did start to do that towards the end of the season. And I think he had eight he interceptions in the last four games. Um, He's played better in the playoffs. He looked really good against Tampa Bay. He was yes. slinging the ball all over the field, hitting spots that like no Jared Goff couldn't hit, you know. So I do think that the Rams are the better team. It just I don't know if I'm fully ready to trust Stafford in this spot, but uh I do agree with you. It kind of does scream Rams blow. Like I do think the Bengals got super lucky. Nine sacks. If you're both bros getting sacked nine times, they're losing the game. Like that's that will they can't win again if your quarterback gets sacked nine times. Yeah, I just again to me, it's always so when I'm watching a basketball game and I do live betting, mm -hmm. if I see one team is getting to their spots with more ease and the other team is hitting tough buckets, I love betting on the team that's getting to their spots because I think that's going to normalize. Yeah. And in a football matchup like this one, I just think about like, what are the game scripts? What are the ways that the Rams can win versus what are the ways that the Bengals can win? Mm -hmm. And everybody that's picking the Bengals keeps going like, Joe Burrow, man, he's just like magic. And you go, all right. So... <laughs> Your path to victory is one guy has to be magic. Yeah. My path to victory is 
You got the better defensive line. You got the more mature team. You got Jalen Ramsey, who's going to be all over the field and potentially on, on Jamar Chase for a whole bunch of it. And even if he's not, like one of the strengths of this Bengals team is that they have three pass catchers who can all make a play. Well, when you're facing the Ramsey team, you have two pass catchers who can make big plays. You have the better head coach, the more experienced and seasoned quarterback. You've got arguably the be- you've got arguably the better weapon in the game in Cooper Cup. You've got Odell Beckham Jr. who's turning it up right now. You've got the better offensive line. Like, find me the places where the Rams aren't better than the Bengals are right now. And so I go, if I lose this bet, fine. I can live with it knowing mm-hmm. that. I a am happy that the Bengals won, and I won't care as much about the money. I do care about the money first, <laughs> but and, but b is that at least I pick the side that I can sleep at night with. If I pick the Bengals and they're starting to get shit kicked, I'm going to look at myself and go, "What the fuck was I thinking betting the Bengals? Like, why why was I on this team? What was exactly the reasoning? Like, even if you look at the field goal kicker, because I think that McPherson kid is nails. Yeah, a is a really good kicker as well. Like, I think that they have the better kicker, but not discernibly to the point where it's like the Titans game where Bullock is on the one side and I go, this could be a shaky thing. And it turned out to be. So uh, I just, I think the Rams are the team here. I think that they're the play. And if you can ever get a line that in part plays on people's emotions, I think you grab it. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab the Rams. I'm going to grab them on the money line and parlays. I'm probably going to grab them on the spread and some bets. And then uh, I don't know. I'll just... I'll be happy to lose the money, I guess, because I love Bengals fans. I love Joe Burrow, and I love the idea of seeing Cincinnati celebrate the Super Bowl. Like, if, if they got that win, that would – who's not going to feel good about that? Yeah. Again, not even Rams fans because they don't exist. So that is J.D. Bunkus, morning host for Sportsnet on Sportsnet 590, the fan, also ambassador for CoolBet.com. J.D., before right. you go, why don't you plug in anything you want the listeners to take a look at? Yeah, just uh, follow the show. Subscribe on iTunes. The same things you do. Follow on Spotify. Do all that stuff. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, both at JD Bunkus. Um, I'll be posting stuff there, bets, picks, all kinds of different stuff, especially the things I do with Cool Bets. So uh, that's it. Those two things, the socials and the show. JD, thanks for stopping by. Let's do it soon. Hey, man, this was great. Thanks for having me.